Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Podcast. I'm Ross Carr with uh, Bryn Gat, not Bryn Gatlin. We would have used him on the weekend for a drop goal. Bryn Hall <laughs> and James Parsons. Oh, wow. <laughs> How good, lads? How good, man? Man, how good. It delivered. Oh. We were speaking last week about it bubbling on the surface, and it was was classic Widdersloe Cup footy. That nine minutes of overtime, man, how good. Jeez. Oh, just going from end to end. Yeah. You didn't want it to end. Like, you wanted it to, you know, you would have liked it if it was like um, Super Rugby and you get an extra time. Mm. What I did, what I did like is Paul Williams just, you know, just kept the whistle away, man. Oh, he riffed so he well. Just didn't he? kept it away, and there were some certain things you'd be like 50-50, but oh, it was so good to see a ref that just let the boys play, and they they dictate the result, not the ref. So, nah, Paul, good on you, mate. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice flow to the game, wasn't it? And that, that's something that in a test match goes missing if the, if the whistle comes out real early and it just turns into resets and you know penalties and you know kicking for territory. And it, it, it felt like a good flying rugby game. Yeah, I think um best example of that is um Dungunu's try when it looked like Aussie knocked it on. When I was originally watching, I was like, oh, Matt Phillips has knocked it on, but it was clearly stripped out by Damian McKenzie and then, you know, he went on to score and he called that live, you know. A lot of time you'd have to, you know, go back about four or five times. But he, he had a great feel for the game and, and it definitely it allowed it to be the spectacle it was. There were moments they got let go, I suppose, that either side might not have liked. There was the foot on the touch line, probably, from Rico. Um, I think there was a guy coming in the side, maybe Tupo Vai towards yeah. the end, came in right in from the side and was really lucky that that wasn't a penalty. There were moments there which could have turned the game if a call had been made. The one thing the one thing that was good, though, was it was Agnes Gardner. You know, he was on the side, so, you know, it was his, it was his you know, you don't want to, obviously, a bit of words around Kiwi touch judge, but it was Australian touch judge, so... Kind of let that one go, man. It's one more one we've got to with. Uh, well, let's go back to the start. Are you, are you happy, first and foremost, um, with how the All Blacks played, both of you? Yeah, I, I think they they had the, they had probably played a little bit too much in the second 40, maybe, like getting that balance of that sort of kicking game that we spoke about. I thought the Wallabies used their kicking game really well and, and sort of challenged us there. But I think for a team that hasn't been together in the first out, uh, outing for both of them, um, it was exceptional, but the only, I suppose, glowing concern statistically is the number of turnovers conceded. I think, you know, we had 39% ball and we gave it back to them 21 times, whereas, you know, Wallabies had a lot of ball and I only had, I think, 13 turnovers conceded, you know. So that, that would be the only concern. I know it was wet weather, but, I mean, both sides were in the, in the same conditions. I, I'd say that would be the only thing. But that's just, I suppose, having not having that time together in the flow because... 
you look at that first try, the skill set shown, McKenzie's pass to Goodhue, Goodhue taps it on, and, and then Frizzell sends it to, to Geordie on the wing there. So it, it was... It was it was a, definitely a pass moment, but you know that you know for the level of the All Blacks, you take Sam Kane's emotion after the game. You can see that they're, they're not happy with where they were at. Yeah, Jeff said a lot of those points when it comes to the All Blacks. What I was impressed with was, was, was Australia. Uh, we talked about it a lot in that lead up over the last couple of weeks around you know what kind of style are they going to play in. To be honest, if it wasn't for a few defensive penalties from Sam Kane and a couple of the boys close to the line, you know, that that result could be very very different in that first twenty minutes. You know, we look at the the face play attack and their retention of ball. You know, Nick White, when he was running around and um, the quick ball that was from the service of the breakdown was was tremendous. And um, we talked about it, I think, um, last time Nick White had a blind. It was in Perth. It was a very similar game. He was running around the rucks, um, causing havoc and getting those big ball carries around. So uh, no doubt, I think I've heard messages around uh, Dave Rennie after the game as well. And he's looking forward to the collision again. I thought they were a little bit off in certain moments. So they can continue to win those collision moments, which, you know, they probably will um, coming forward, um, especially with it only be a, their first game together. So uh, I thought Australia were really, really good. And, and to be honest, well, I thought they deserved to win it. We were pretty lucky in the end of the draw. I love the way Rennie just straight away was like, we've got to be better at the breakdown. Yeah. They were, that's probably the best of all of his... 100%. ...have been at the breakdown for years. And he's just like, nah, got to be better. Yeah. He just loves the collision areas. He knows... If you win the collision areas, you're going to win games of footy. Yeah. And I, I just thought it just shows where they're at. That you know, like he he made judgment. He goes, yeah, well, we had Wallabies had a big win last year, and then we got beaten by 36 points to nil the next week. You know, he's just on the job. He's like, it, it takes more than one 80 minute effort to say that he's you know he's changed things there, and and you know he's so aware of that. And just so measured. I just love the way yeah. you know, he gets asked a question. He's just measured in everything he does. He doesn't yeah. try to overcomplicate it. He doesn't try and spin you a yarn. He just says a spade's a mm. spade. And, and it shows in the way the Wallabies play. That's what Australians are used to. You know, a spade a spade. He's almost the perfect bloke for them. Well, you go from the complete opposite of Chica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how often do you not um, see it? Or, you know, like there's mind games or whatever. I just, I just think, I, I just love. It. I, I, I suppose I admire him from afar. You know what he's done with the teams, but it, you know his personality is very um, likable. I suppose to to both sides of the people in the Tasman. We talked about the All Blacks game plan as well, Chip. Around we talked around um, their kicking game and how they might, how they might change it a little bit. And they did a lot of kicking off night. They did it. They, they definitely. Is that Brad yeah. Moore? Because it, it, it definitely seemed there was a lot more contestables. Yeah. We, we didn't get, you know, George Bridge was, it's an area of his game that's a strength. Mm. And he, he probably yeah. didn't have as good a night as he'd like. Um, but the, there was definitely a shift in tactic that yeah. maybe didn't didn't stick with it. I was just thinking around it, like, it'll be interesting to see, did the weather dictate those that change yeah. of plan? Um, yeah. Because, again, yeah, when it is wet, and if you look at Brad and um, with the sign with the Crusaders, contestables was massive um, around that game plan. But the way I, I was really impressed with as well, because as you're, as you're right, George Bridges great in the end is, is chasing, but you know the escorts that the Australians did around those contestables were, were world-class. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they continue to have that contestable focus off nine or with that dual pivot with Bodie and Richie, if they're going to be selected together again, whether the, that kicking changes again. So it'll be interesting. Mm. What do you think that does to a guy like Richie when you play that much off nine in a game like that? You know, we got towards the end and there were times where he was floating in and around the ruck instead of being back in the pocket. You know, what, what do you think, is that 
you know, a circumstance of that where he wasn't running the game and so he felt like he needed to go and get involved somewhere else. It was a, an odd performance from him. Yeah, I saw that as well. I was like, what's he doing in there, Clanny? I was hoping he was in the pocket 24-7 to, to snap that dropy. But, yeah, I think there's definitely an adjustment to the way he plays for the Crusaders and the environment. You know, that's his. And, and you know, he, he runs it as his. And I think he's just finding his feet, isn't it? It's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard jersey to own. And it, does, it doesn't matter how good you are. It does take time to, to get that, I suppose, uh, confidence in the saddle. I don't think he was terrible though I still think he yeah, yeah had, had a good performance but I, I just took from Aaron Smith's words after the game where he said we just played too much in the second 40 mm. where to me it sounded like they probably went away from that tactical kicking plan that you know worked well for them in that first half I know they didn't get the the spoils but they definitely gave the ball back to them and, and challenged the Aussies I suppose execution but then like I said before because they played too much, their errors, so the 21 turnovers conceded, you know, in their own half, in their own territory, gives the ball back to the Wallabies and puts them straight under pressure. So I'd say there'll be a bit more, if it's that tight, they'll go more to a territorial-based um, plan to, to mm. get across the line uh, this week at Eden Park. I'll tell you what I did find interesting as well. I don't know if you would have seen it, but, man, David Rennie or the coaching staff for the Australians must have told let's put Richie Moong on the ground as many times as we can oh. because the amount of times he got hit off the ball, keep him on the ground physically. And we obviously saw those hits from, um, from Pasami and that kind of stuff. But anytime they've got an opportunity to get Richie on the ground, he was on the ground. So I don't know whether if there was a game plan um, going for, I know there's been a lot of talks with that when it came to halfbacks, trying to stop the flow of the game. But man, there, was, there must have been a target on Richie's back because he was on the ground a lot of times in that game. I don't know if you saw that. Um, as well, Joe. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, and, and I mean the one I think was it nine minutes in on his ribs. It was a it was a yep. big old, big old shot. And and it's probably not foreign to him though. He 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 probably gets that a little bit, but I think it was relentless, wasn't it? Mm, they they, yep. just, they were just they stuck to their guns, and that's probably what you know they. I know it was a draw, and, and everyone sort of expects well thought the Wallabies should have won, but that's. That's what probably kept them in the game and, and made people feel that is they just had that game plan and they just kept kept doing it for 80 minutes. They didn't didn't go away from it. Um, you know, you spoke about Nick White. His kicks were on point, you know, really challenging the back three. Mm. Where I think, you know, probably Bodie comes back in at 15 if his Achilles is right. For me, Caleb Clark has to be on the field. I mean, mm. every time he touched the ball, it was like, I, I, I don't know how many defenders beat him, but it would be in double figures. And yeah. he didn't have that much time on the park. You know, he just looks a weapon, a threat with ball in hand. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I enjoyed about Caleb Clark as well, mate. Yeah, I thought, look, he was outstanding. And the best thing for a young guy coming through, if you think about it in a scenario like that, you can kind of go out there thinking, oh, what can I do? What more can I do? And to try and overplay him. But, mate, he didn't at all. He was so yeah. smart around his decision-making and holding on to the ball. There were times where he was beating defenders, could look for the offload, but took into consideration the, the kind of type of game it was, the tight, the, how tight it was. And made his decision making under pressure was great. So, yeah, look, if there's a guy that deserves to be based not just on his North versus South Super Rugby Aotearoa form, and, and mate, he comes on there in a pretty tough and hostile environment, not a normal flowing game, um, I thought he was outstanding. You know a bit about Caleb Clark. Is he is he that level headed yeah. all the time? Is he? Yeah, oh, absolutely. He comes from you know, Ronnie's his old man. He's he's extremely well brought up, and he's he's a smart man, and he's a young man, and but he's he's. He's a very smart man. I, I think the best um, example of how aware 
he was of the, the occasion and, and how tight the test was. Is you Every time he gets that ball on the, on the left flank, he goes bang off his left, gets infield. Yep. Didn't want to yep. be taken out. And yep. that, for a young man on debut to be thinking like that, then he comes off Aaron Smith's shoulder and he gets runs into three big boys and you think, oh, he's going to go back. And then he spins out and, and breaks two tackles and gets yep. you know behind the gain line. And it's little efforts like that that, to me, yeah. shows that he's he's on, you know he's on the job. He's not playing with emotion. He's playing with a clear head. Correct. Yeah, I agree. It's quite a thing for a young guy like that. Massive. But his like his, I don't know what the sevens program did, but ever since he's come back from that sevens program, his skill set um, and his mindset is just so sharp. Um, and I don't know if it is the sevens. Maybe it's just maturing or, or whatever. But his ability under the high ball now, it's it's incredible. And and mm. that's why I think it's a skill set people have forgotten about with him. You know, like he he is seriously good under the high ball. You know, with diffusing bombs, if they get if he gets good escorts, he's got the you know, catches the ball above his head, like AFL sort of style. Mm. And for a big man, some sometimes people just think, oh, you know, that's not part of his game. But it's it's a massive part of his game. Like we're there. I remember we did that much preview when we played you boys, mate. And... <laughs> We almost got to a point where I like, let's just not kick it to Caleb Clark's yeah. side because he's just that good in the air. You but know, no so. one really thinks it though, eh? Like, you, and then like, until, yep. you, until you watch it, you're like, holy yep. heck, like, yep. he's, he's and they're not just good. They're not just catches like that. They're catches in the air like that, full tip yeah. and like wet as well. It's pretty impressive, mate. He's, yeah. yeah. No, he's, very, he's, a, he's in great form. Yep. yep. So based on that hand in the 11 jersey, basically? Yeah, and, yeah, and I don't see why. That's hard because Bridge is so good. Um, Geordie was good yesterday, um, but yeah, I, I think he has to start. I just think he is in a just like last year when George came in for Rico, it was just purely based on the, the form thing, and he was just playing well at the time. Like you just got to get him out there because he he is in super touch. Yeah, well, if you think about it as well, Jim, we've always had that. You know, if you think of the likes of like back in the day, and even Jules, you know, that power winger. Uh, been in there and look again. They're both they contrast their styles, you know. Bridges. And a do you bit think we missed uh, that yesterday? A little bit. Well, mate, if you look on the other side with Korobeti and and Dungunu, it, it's yeah. it's um because that's the sort of style they you know Korobeti admittedly was pretty quiet in the first half, but he came to life eventually. Yeah. Um, but he's he's got a point of difference, doesn't he, Caleb Clark? He does, he, he, he's he's great. He's a big body, but he's he's fast. He moves well, you know, like he's. He's, he's something that you, you know he could create something out of nothing mm. and, and win you test matches. Well, if you look at, the, if you, you know, how, I don't know how long he was on for, like, what, 18, 20 months? And not that long. long yeah. And that's exactly, mate, you know, the, the amount of... Touches he they, had. They touches, but then, like, like, you, like you know, Jip, it's so much easier playing on, on, on front foot ball than yeah. going over the advantage line, especially in conditions like that where, you know, a two, three-meter carry, going over the advantage line, good place for them. You know, it sets up Nuggy and it sets up all our forward runners and everything plays off it. So, look, mate, if there's a, yeah, if you weren't on um, his performance, I know it was a short time, but, man, he's definitely got to be in the conversation come Eden Park. There's no doubt about it. Rico was that guy. Um, now he's at 13. What did you guys make of Rico at 13? I thought he was good. I Seriously, I was surprised he got subbed. Uh, that's what I said to the TV. I was like, shit, he's going off. I was like, oh. I, I just, yep, the knock on, he'll put his hand up and, and he won't, he'll never do it again. And it's not, <laughs> it's not ideal to do it at test match level, but it's done. But I thought his general game, he did get checked a little bit defensively off that uh, line out more where Cotabetti yep. scored in the corner. He did get checked, but you watch, a lot of people are saying that 
you watch his work to get back out and he actually ends up getting to his man that um, Damon McKenzie or Geordie, I don't know what it needed to push earlier, but they mm. didn't think he could get there. So they stayed off. And, and then obviously, um, mm. well, I thought McKenzie did a great job to tackle and ne nearly take him out. But it was, yeah, it wasn't just Rico on that. Like there was, the, I felt it was a connection, a connection thing. Yes, he got checked, but he got back out. So, and, and because he's so quick, a defensive error, he, he, he has this ability that, because he's so fast, he can turn a, a bad defensive read into, and he saves it. Yep. But maybe just because they haven't played a lot together, that, you know, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it's Damien. Damien didn't quite know that, hmm. you know, and he just waited a second, I would say, too long and couldn't see Rico was coming because they, they yeah. were backtracking. But I thought Rico was great. Uh, I really did. And he's just, he's another one like Caleb. He's got a point of difference. He can change a game. And that's, and, and I know defensively, our defense kept us in that game yesterday with 39% ball. But, and, and it was, a, I can see why Anton went on with Jack and, and it's a real solid defensive wall there and, and you know, secure and, and, you know, put us in a position, our defense put us in a position to win the test match. But I, 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 I think Rico is good enough to be 80 minutes out there. Um, and he showed touches, man. God, he's just... Sometimes he makes rugby look easy, doesn't he? God. Yeah, he does. Yeah, look, I thought... Um, I think he pretty much nailed those two points here, Jeff. It's unfortunate for the try, you know, man. You know, 99 times out of 100, he's scoring a try like that. So it's just unfortunate that it just him. I know as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not getting a, you're not getting a try, so... What was that meme? So, did someone put up a meme of you the other day or Oh, something? they did, mate. Seriously, it's just a gift that keeps on giving, though. <laughs> Seriously. You know, think, actually, you know... And I know it's tough, you know, uh, Rico might actually take the bit of heat off me now. So, yeah, 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 which is yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. But um, no, look, man, I thought he, he had some nice touches here and there. And we've got to think again is like, you know, he, him and Jack haven't worked a lot, a lot, a lot together as well. So it's that continuity. And, mate, you know, you talk about the great combinations that we've had in the past with Nonu and um, Smith and all those kind of um, combinations. It doesn't happen overnight. So, look, I hope he, I think he's deserving of, an, of another start. And um, like you said, Jeff, mate, his touches in, you can't substitute speed. You seriously can't substitute it. When you've got a guy like that who can, no, like you've you talked can't. about, def you talked around defensively and been able to save his ass a little bit with his speed. Uh, but, mate, on attack, if you can get that guy on an out ball and been able to manipulate the defense where he's trying to get on the outside one-on-one, -on -one, you know, nine times out of ten with the speed, he's just going to put people away or go there himself. So, um, it'll be interesting because, you know, um, I thought Anton came on and played well, but, you know, I think Rico, for his form and, um, I thought he was pretty, you know, he was pretty good on the week. It was just unfortunate that that incident's probably highlighted his performance. But uh, I think he's, um, he should be good. He should be going good moving forward. What happens from a coach in that particular scenario? You know, does Ian Foster even bother mentioning it to him, or does everyone just knows he knows? Do you want to know? Do you, do, you want to, do you want to know, Ross? To be honest, it's, nah, it's just one of those situations. It's more so, you know, again. The chances of that happening um, are pretty low, and you know it's a signature try. He does it all the time, and you know it might just be a little chat here and there. So you know, yeah, so, you know, you don't really have to have. Would you say something? I don't have to say anything because he, you, you he, know, knew. he already knows. You already know as a player, you just want to try and get back in. And there was again. forty. There was forty more minutes of test footy to play. No one, no one's going to yeah. go hard at him. You know, they, you don't even. Need losing, it's, like, it's like when a hooker throws a knot straight. No one needs to say anything. It's like he knows. The losing of the test match wasn't that. There were so many other things there that lost that test match. So, yeah, definitely. We were still that. in a position to win it if we just 100%. snapped a drop it. Yeah, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, go get, let's get to that. Let's get to that. Let's go there. That's See what everyone was well, talking about. Uh, what, what the hell from both sides? What the hell? Well, interestingly enough, Dave Rennie afterwards said, we trained a drop kick 
James O'Connor was in the pocket and, and they go, would have you liked it? He goes, yes, I would have loved it. He, he, he himself said they'd prepared for it. Whereas Ian Foster said, you know, they hadn't, it's something they'd normally trained, but they hadn't. Um, and, and I think that probably showed, did it not? Like, cause you do need to know what's going on. And it was wet weather. You just sort of got, they'd gone 90 meters uh, right at the line. Um, and I think if you look back, even Sam Kane standing by the, the, the rucks there, he's standing right by the far post and he's pointing like that. And mm. they, and they scooped him in the, the knock on and you can see him. He's going, get it back there and drop it. Like, he, like he, he looked like he knew what mm. needed to happen in the, in the wet conditions. Cause you're always chancing your arm. That, I can admit. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It was, it was talking because I thought, I think I saw like, Richie actually ended up getting and in, getting into the pocket and they actually, went through that kind of process to being able to set it up. It's just unfortunate as well that, I, think, I don't know, I can't remember who did the part, whether it was Hoskins or someone Hoskins. that did the part. It was Hoskins, unfortunately. If that pass is given, like a really good pass to that, I don't know who was, who was on his outside who gave it to, Geordie, there's an overlap and we scored from, we're probably not having this not Yeah, but did we not have this conversation with Wellington last time and South Africa once? But that's the thing. But that's the thing. You want to back, you want to back what the picture is, Correct. The low percentage players to set up the drop goal, and mate, I hundred percent agree the drop goal should have been taken. But if you want to talk around attacking as well, mate, that pass, if that's given, it's a try. You know, so it's that, it's that kind of percentage play. It's like, do you really want to go there? It's on because you want you want to back instincts as well. well what, what's I back, the you back the as well. But see, to me, the higher percentage play was the drop goal. Yeah. Yep. That to, that, yep. to me is the higher percentage play. A play yep. where there is no defender that can mark you. You know, it's that simple. A guy can't be near him for 20 metres. You know, he can go back as far as the 22 and he's completely free. Mm. It seems insane. Yeah. I I was as frustrated last time we spoke about it uh, Mm. with with the the test against South Africa and Wellington. Uh, It's no different for me here. Just take the three points and win the test. Yeah. yeah. And even if he misses, it does. I'd rather him go for a drop goal and miss than keep doing these what I think are 50-50 plays yeah Hoskins if it was a halfback but it wasn't mm. you know he could see that it was Hoskins at halfback mm. uh, I, <laughs> okay so there's two I think words bring Gatlin bring Gatlin yeah bring Gatlin two words drop bring back in the pocket yeah man that <laughs> oh, could win that's all he was talking about at training today he would have done talking about. <laughs> he would have done four <laughs> phases earlier yeah. he lives for those moments oh he would have man yeah there's a couple of things you guys have mentioned um, which kind of come to mind here. One with the drop goal and having the person with the presence of mind to want to take it. And two, you mentioned earlier about playing too much with the ball. Now, to me, the best player in the country at calling both of those things is Bowden Barrett. Yeah. Bowden Barrett's an exceptional player of knowing when to play with or without the ball, right? Um, we missed him. It's pure and simple. He's got to be on the field at 10 or 15. He is so important to the side especially when you look at the back three being relatively inexperienced. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be interested, is the door slightly ajar for him to get a crack at 10 now? Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, and I, I'm not going to put you in that position, Brun, because it's, it's too hard. But it, I think he's got to be at, man, just watching the last four games when he moved to 10 for the Blues, it just changed. It, honestly, the Highlanders game when he was at 10, it, it just looked like he was going to create something every time he touched the ball. And I, I, he's experienced. He's had big press moves. He's been world player two times. Let's give him the general. Put him in the general seat. Run it. 
Let you you run the cutter, big fella. You're that good. Let give him a crack. I I, I mean I just I just think he I think he deserves a crack at ten. Like he's proven to play really well at ten. People seem to have forgotten that. And it, it's like Geordie's played extremely well at fullback all year. Let's just. Give it a crack. I don't know. I just uh, he's he's probably going to be at fifteen. So I'm, yeah, I'm just going to say thing here. I'm wasting my time, but that's it, <laughs> just. I just think I, I, I love him at ten. I, I love him in that first receiver and just defensively, mm-hmm. you, you it slows your defense. It's like an attacking kicking game. When there's rush defense, you put it in behind. It's going to make people think. Well, when he's there, you, you rush him. You're going to create a hole, and he'll, he's good enough to get it away. If you if you if you stay off him. He's going to come flat and put someone, you know, like you, it, it makes you think so much more. And I'm not saying Richie doesn't have that ability. Richie's the best. He's the best first five at sitting behind a forward pod mm. and splitting that, that gate between uh, mm. two defenders. When, when, the, when there's the three forwards and the short uh, ball runner and the forward pops it out the back to Richie, there, there's no one better in the game than, than that play than, than Richie. Mm. So he's got strengths to his game. So I'm not saying anything about him. I'm just saying like Bodie... Oh, I'd I'd love to see him in ten. He's not going to be in ten, but it doesn't. It's going to be yeah. It is going to be interesting then because you um the obviously we, we talks around this during the whole week whether who should be at ten or who who should be at fifteen. It'd be interesting if they do go with that pivot role and then just with, with what you were talking around um with Rich if he's if he's selected at ten and having those pods around having the three forwards and then that out the back kind of play that yeah, most that most teams do play. They don't um, seem to do it anymore. The All Blacks. So well, they, they run, run the, those two. They run the, they run the two, two the two lines. Yeah, and so and that's I think it's biggest pro- strength. Yeah, so it's interesting because that's the kind of that's that was the kind of format that they had at the World Cup with the two the two runners, and the thing with around that is that yep, if you can check having the two runners, that checks the heart defense, which is, which is great. But then, like you said, Jip, the play isn't around that position we were talking around mm. because those two guys are just getting flushed in behind, and, and they're actually just not sitting them down at the moment. And like you said, coming back to Richard's defensively, running game, you don't. Do you have to? Do you have to stop on them defensively? You don't really. Well, it's unless unless you play them early in the game to, to yeah. check your to check your defense. You play them early, and it's like sweet and behind. Oh, we've actually got to hold off, and we've got to check them. Um, otherwise, I think as you know, Joe, if those two runners aren't in sync and running well at that specific timing off a nine, then you just discount them, and then you can end up get bringing line speed outside that. So um, it must be a, it must be a plan that All Blacks are playing because they've tried it at the World Cup, and they're obviously trying a little bit um, in the first te- in the first you- test match. Did you also see, to me, and I was having this chat on the couch, is it looks like, and I may be wrong, but just mm. from what I saw yesterday, when they run hard and fast down lines, it always yep. goes out the back. And yep. then when they play them, they're flat-footed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you, 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 they watch, they hit that wide guy and he's flat footed and then does some, I think if they're going to do it, they've just got to consistently run that same thing. And then, you know, so then defensively, you don't know when they're getting or not because it just looks like they, they push off them straight away and it just yeah, gives an extra number. It happened a couple of times as well, is that um, if that next ruck off that out wider, if that go past goes in behind, then the unfortunate thing around is that we're actually playing half of the field. There were a lot of times where we actually couldn't get to the couldn't get to the edge. And so we ended up coming back in the short side quite a lot because we played half of the field. So I know it's the first game and um, they'll obviously trying to they'll probably get better with it um, through the duration of the of the Bleeders series and the rugby championship. But yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting to see how if they'll continue to keep going at it, and how we can try and manipulate um, that heart defense a little bit better because we're just not getting the gains with those two guys running off um, off our nines at the moment. It's something that the All Blacks always do, right? They always try to push the boundary. They want to be the first person to first team to to go in the new direction, and then everyone follows them. But for me, over the last four years, watching Steve Hansen's um, tactical decisions and selectorial decisions. I've always thought they've tried to be a little bit too clever. And a lot of teams have come up them with something simple and effective and been too much for them. And what I worry is that those ideas are carrying on, you know, with players playing out of position, with game plans that aren't simple, that aren't necessarily easy to, to follow and doesn't necessarily give the players that you've got their best chance of doing the things they're best at. Does that yeah. worry you? Uh, I, I, not for the first test. Because you can't change so much straight away. I think that change is going to happen slowly over time as the new coaches and, and Fozzie get an idea of each other and how they work and, and some ideas. I mean, I, I think you look at the way the Crusaders run their attack and Bryn, you'll know obviously more, but Brad Moore had a lot to do with that. And I think you we will slowly see. I mean, that line-out move was his. Mm. I, I mean, that, the Crusaders have been doing that. For, you know, Taylor to bridge. Uh, they put red jerseys on them. It's the same play. You know, so I think slowly over time, do you feel in phase play, he's you're going to see his fingerprints on it, Bryn, as well? I think, so. I think so. We've seen a bit of that fingerprint already if you talk around the kicking game. Mm. Um, we talked about it previously at the World Cup. They didn't kick a lot off nine. And we talked about it as well that um, you know, South Africa and English um, really got us in a vice and they played that kind of... Um, contestable mindset of being able to squeeze teams. So you've seen the imprint there with with Nuggy yeah. and with Nuggy kick as well. So I can presume that you know, it'll be um, a marrying of a, a relationship around, you know, because obviously Fozzie's running the attack and then, and Brad will have his influence as well. So I thought they'll marry it up nicely. You know, I think mm -hmm. we talked around having balance around our kicking game and you've seen that we had a bit of balance with kicking off nine now. So I can only imagine through the duration of the competition that those things will get started and get imprinted um, through the competition. Yeah. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Like, Absolutely it, not. Like from from way I see it, I think a draw is a pretty good result with the, how little ball we had and, and not our usual standards of skill execution. We put ourselves in a position to win. We didn't didn't quite get there. You know, we had the knock on before half time. Like, it's it, and we're talking. You know, the Wallabies are talking. That's the best performance I've shown in years, and they still. Didn't win, do you know what I mean? It, mm. it's, so it just shows that I still think there's a, a more of a gap than mm. people think. Like the All Blacks have still got plenty to. They've probably got they've got more to improve on 
this is the scary thing for me is they've got more to improve on from a 16-0 draw, whereas the Wallabies, you know, I w- I'd say they'd be pretty, they're going to focus on the breakdown like Dave Rennie said, but they'd be pretty happy with the way they implemented their game plan. And, you know, you, you could see the difference for me. I know um, Dave Rennie said, oh, they're hurting in the shed and stuff, but you, Hooper's interview, Kane's interview. Uh, it was two different people. Mm. But have gone through a very I've... different journey over the last four years. I mean, Hooper's been through hell, hasn't he? Oh, man, I was just going to say... Yeah, no, I suppose about, it was his hundredth. And I was just going to say about Hooper, like, what a what a warrior. There were so many times that we saw um, zoom-ups of him and his shoulder had, had a stinger and just, you know, was sore in that. But, man, like, we talked about captaincy through, obviously, with Sam Kane and Michael Hooper with their selections have been captains and that. But you can see why the guys are captain, man. I'm seeing that on, on tally, and if you're on the field seeing that when your captain's hurting, but he's next job focus and wanting to, to go to the next play. Um, man, he both captains I thought were outstanding. But one thing I did want to bring up was around we talked around our it just shows our click attack. Oh, you know, I know I know Rico. We didn't have many opportunities, but I think that's what one of the massive um, positives that we have, especially with New in New Zealand. Is that mate? All it takes is one moment. I know we didn't yeah. score for with Rico, but yeah. that difference, and I can imagine that we're talking a little bit around click attack, especially if it's not if it's dry as well. The more opportunities that we'll get around that opportunities to be able to play KBA, keeping the ball alive, and just punishing well, that, Australian teams in that. That's what we spoke about, and we were probably sort of hoping to see a change in the Wallaby style. Is mm. you know, if, if they got the ball back twenty-one times, how often did you see that fast, instinctive yep. um, transition? defense to attack whereas yep. when, the, when it happened like when the, when there's a turnover all blacks aren't wanting the scrum they're like ball up let's go yep. you know whereas sometimes i think it's just a change in the guard for, for the wallabies and in, in their in their mindset is when they had these turnovers they've got to think let's go you know i think pete samu yeah. does it really well he's it's, he's quite natural in it um but it's like oh yeah we got a turnover mm. let's go to the scrum rather than yeah. that you'd transition think, th- and you think Jip, with the influence of Dave Rennie that that will grow it will. it has it, to grow it, because it has to yeah because we know how important he's talking we talk about New Zealand rugby well, he changed he changed the game and I, you know, I know Wayne Smith was in there but you know around putting the ball down picking it up throwing it in quick you know that's mm. that was you know the Chiefs you know, they just did all these innovative little things like that um, when they went through that period of winning it. You, you, it's, it, it will come. It's, yeah. it's just going to take time. Like, he's only been there for a, for a couple of weeks. Um, and, I mean, we're nitpicking. Uh, I, I, it was one of the best tests, but that's what, we, you know, that's what we've got to do is, is point out where they can grow. But I, I'd say those are the two areas that, you know, the Wallabies would be looking at, you know, being a bit more instinctive and, mm. and throwing a ball around. Um, because... Now they have seen them. Now the All Blacks have seen the yeah. style of play um, and the weather might dictate. And then I think the All Blacks can probably get excited about the opportunity of what they can do off the yeah. back of turnovers and, and finish it off. And, mate, just keep feeding Taniela Tupo and Angunu. Just oh. keep feeding them with ball in hand. How they good is Tupo? Unbelievable. Oh, man. He's unbelievable here. in face play. His, his, his game is just... yeah, Like, he's always had that ability... But for me, it's his, it's his set piece and um, mm. his, his work off the ball to be in position and, you know, not just the highlight stuff. He's, he's definitely, he's an absolute powerhouse, isn't he? He's, yep. he's going really well. Love to see Valentini get a start for the Wallabies. Mm. I think he'd have a lot to offer at six. Just a and bigger we, body. Yeah. We talked about as well, like Nick, we talked about it before, Jip. We talked around the nine and ten selection, having the nine, we thought maybe McDermott or Gordon, but geez, Nick, well, I thought he was fantastic. 
Oh yeah, absolutely Look, fantastic on the weekend. I'll put my hand up. He, I, I just hadn't seen, I suppose, enough of him at the Brumbies mm. this year to think he could put in a shift like that. But I can't oh, imagine. It's a I great star imagine, she's running yeah, as well. It is. I, I can't imagine the All Blacks giving him that same quality of ball. There'll be a lot of emphasis this week around the breakdown and slowing that ball down. Oh yeah, and uh, ab- opportunities. Ab- absolutely, and I think a little bit more kick pressure, maybe a little bit of counter yeah. ruck. Yeah, there was messing with just from to not let him. Yeah, he just sort of he just got it on a bit of a silver plate those box kicks and the r- breakdown wasn't pressured and yeah then then maybe would would you say the All Blacks he scored it as well as, as I suppose it was just skill set I, I thought with, with what was tough around it is that it was just the the elements Swirling. of Wellington weather oh yeah but you know we know as when you play in Wellington and on a day like that you're just you're just thinking man it's gonna be you don't know which way the wind's going so. It might have been a direction, but as you know, in, in that Caketon, it's a whirlwind. And so you, there were times where you saw Damien misjudge it. And, you know, he's probably in a really good position, but the fact that the wind just blew it over the top is moving around. And I can imagine the elements probably won't be that, be that, um, be the same. And you probably see a little bit more execution when it comes to us um, winning that contestable game. I want to chuck one out there. Just one to think on. Mm. Kira Ioani at six. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well... Not that Frizzell played poorly. I just think seeing him in a wide channel, I think attacking-wise, is, is, he's another one that's a point of difference and, and can do something special. I just think he's really shown a physical presence in his game this year and a, and a hard-working attitude off the ball. Um, I, and I just feel like maybe he's just in the squad at the moment and people sort of forgotten about the form he showed in the sixth jersey. Um, or potentially do we, you know, maybe Artie goes to six and, and Hoskin goes into the boot. Just think there needs to be some sort of spice in, in, in that trio from a from a carrying, be, um, attacking skill set point of view. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they make make some changes or they just give the uh, give the the twenty three there another chance. Well, normally that's what it'll, will happen yeah. is, is yeah. you'll use, you'll use it as fire to keep the yeah. same guys in there. Yeah, but I think you're right though, Jip. With with Jip with um with the kid playing um, six the whole year, it won't be foreign to him, you know. So I just think, yeah, yeah I, I was just watching yesterday because Frizzell great skills as well to set up Geordie's try. I just I just thought, man, I'd love to see a Kira in some of those open channel opportunities, backing himself. Oof. It <laughs> does bring up an interesting point though, doesn't it? As a coach in a situation like this. In your first and second test matches, the message that you deliver to your players about the way that you're going to approach the rest of your tenure happens this week. Are you a dumper guy and give someone else a guy a crack after one defeat guy? Or are you a show loyalty, back your original decision and, and say, we just needed a little bit more time guy? It is quite a big message to pass this week. Yeah, well, I think, as I said before, if you, if you review it, it was just, we had too many errors. Uh, 21 errors is quite foreign to an all-back team or turnovers mm. conceded. So you know, the game plan was there. The player, the personnel, you know, we're talking about just getting that extra or someone's playing really well. You know, it's it's the team selection, I don't think, was the drawing of their game. Do you know what I mean? Like whether, you know, say Caleb started and he didn't and Kira was there. I'm, I'm just more saying that it's... It was an execution thing rather than, uh, uh, I'd say, the way the coaches picked the team and the way they planned the week. It was it was just a skill execution. Would you would you agree, Bryn? Rather than yeah. a, rather than like personnel being the yeah. problem, if that makes sense. 
Oh, yeah, completely agree. I think yeah, you won't be seeing 21 mistakes um, this coming yeah. weekend for the bleeders load as well. And again, we've talked about it again with the, the conditions at Wellington. Look, they probably they won't use that as an excuse, and they'll always have high standards around execution and, and nailing that. But um, yeah, so I, I reckon a flow-on effect. From the, I don't think there's going to be many wholesome changes. I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes. I think they'll traditionally um, a wounded All Blacks, even though we drew, they'll take it as a loss, and they'll be that hungry. Uh, we've talked around bubbling. Um, yeah. There'll be a lot of, oh. there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of bubbly, bubblingness in that um in that environment. So they won't, you know, they'll get their prep right. They'll go through the due diligence around that. But mm, I can imagine they'll be pretty roaring. Can you imagine the first like few collisions when you've got Dave Rennie going, "Nah, we weren't hard enough for the breakdown," and then you've got, I'd say, you know, a skipper that looked ready to play again. In his aftermatch yep. interview, and in, in Sam Kane, like yep. he just said, warrior. He's got blood coming from everywhere, and he he was, you know, you could just see he was he was livid, and and mm. I think he'll be driving a seriously hard edge at that breakdown and, and leading the way as he always does. He was exceptional yesterday. Uh, I might yep. I add, I just he's a warrior. Do we talk about Hooper? Twenty three tackles, and just throwing his body, key turnovers. Yeah, that was a, that to me was an All Black skipper's performance um, yep. from him, and, and I'm no doubt he's probably as hard on himself than anyone, and, and won't give himself a rap. But he, w- I, I thought for his first outing, um, he was he was exceptional in leading the, the team around. Let's move on to our performance of the week. It's brought to you by Healthspan Elite. Healthspan Elite is the first sports nutrition partner of the All Blacks. For the last five years, the team has been supplementing their diet with Healthspan Elite products to support their health and aid performance. The range is specifically developed to provide trusted, batch-tested supplements, giving peace of mind that they are safe to take. Guys, start with you, Bryn. Who's your performance of the week, or what is your performance of the week? Performance of in the, in the game, or do you want to talk about Harbour for the next 10, 10 15 minutes? Uh, <laughs> 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 nah, look, um, I was actually really... Um, I'm a, oh, the performance of the week was Australians. Now, we talked a lot of hype around how they were going to play, how, what were they going to be like. Um, and, look, there was some individual performance. I, you know, I thought Dinguna, we talk, we've talked about him as well. But for me personally, as, as a halfback, the performance of Nick White um, was, was second to none in, in tough conditions. And um, he showed a lot, of, a lot of versatility in his game when it came to running, um, his passing, and then his kicking game as well, as Jip has alluded to as well with his execution of that. So, um, yeah, Nick White was bloody impressive for me, man. So he's my moment of the week. Uh, for me, I actually found this hard to pick. I've been thinking about it and I was thinking, man, there's so many to pick from, but I suppose for the week, um, Dave Rennie. Mm. I, I think he, he, he's, he's had to travel. He hasn't been in the environment and he's put a, a, a game plan and personnel in place and given guys opportunities. And, and you know, I would say first job is test. He, he would head you know, be pretty happy. So I think Dave Rennie uh, for the performance of the week for me. It's solid. You can't go against that, can you? No, I just think, man, it's it's probably underestimated how, mm. you know, like you're always going to see a spike. I know people say it. You always see a spike when there's a change of coach and he's straight away already thinking about, no, no, we've got it. You know, 80 minutes won't make mm. it. You know, it's all those sorts of things that I'm like, he's, that's why for me, he got performance of the week. It's just, he's just, I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. And I like the I like the adjustments he's making. And, Mate, and I th- yeah, Joe, I think that, that you've talked about it, that messaging 
his messaging mm. to the group. You know, I think we've seen a little bit in the past with with my, with, with the checker. Yeah. Obviously, very emotional when this, the Richter scale goes up and down. So, you know, it's good for good for your media, Ross. Us in the media, mate. Yeah, obviously, good storylines. <laughs> yeah. But, um, look, I think when you've got a coach that's just has that um, just very level like calmness and. You know, you talk around a, a great performance. If you're thinking about it, a, a bloody good performance against a, a good New Zealand team. And he's already talking around, yeah, we were good. But again, we need to back it up. You know, last time we did this, we lost by 30 points. So I guess having that accountability in that group, giving that mindset into the group and changing some certain things around behavioral attitudes, um, look, it's just going to grow for them. And look, what a great test match. It's going to be a, at a sold-out Eden Park. So... Oh, we're, we're excited for the first one, Jip, but the second oh, one's going to be even mate. better, mate. I'm, I'm really excited. I just want to quickly touch on that point because I think it's a key point around mm. Rennie's prep going into this game. The yep. fact that in the post-match press conference, he's like, no, nah, we, we won in Perth and then 36-0 a week later. All that. So that's how far, you know, he's gone back probably two years of footage and watched over and, and, and come in with an idea of where he can change, knowing the personnel, that's the in-depth work that, you know, you probably don't see from a coach like like him, you know, like well, the people wouldn't know what, you know, to know those facts and the, and the mm. statistics and to talk about it, you know, he's done his his homework to make sure, you know, that's, I don't know, that if I was an Aussie Wallaby fan, I'd just be frothing. I'd be so excited. Yep. He had a good, for me, a good feel for what Aussie rugby's strengths are. Like we talked earlier about, the amount of time and phase play that they were able to build and build and build and build. When I think about the great Aussie teams that I've watched over the years, they've been incredible at quick ball and multiple phases. And in the late nineties, outrageous amount of phases. Yeah. And, and if you can take the combative um, Dave Reddy style and combine it with that Aussie natural instinct, and he seems to have done that fairly well first up. Well, I think that's his thing is he's not, he doesn't want to be, uh, I suppose a Kiwi coach that tries to turn the Wallabies into a Kiwi rugby team because that's not their f- way of playing the game. So I think he's smart enough to know that he's 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 got to coach the little detail around the style that's going to p- fit the personnel, and that's what I think makes him a great coach. Is he always coached to the the cattle he's got rather than yeah, trying nice. to coach to a coach to a way that he thinks was right. Yep. So that's that's why it makes him so good. He's so flexible in, mm. in his in his methods. But he keeps things simple yeah. as well. I think don't I think we can't underestimate his time there when we went over to the Northern Hemisphere as well. Mm. You know, so yep, he had the the, the New Zealand attacking brand that he's that he's coached from one or two to the Chiefs. And That's then, true. Um, and then now he went overseas, and you know, Northern Hemisphere rugby is a little bit more set piece orientated, and you know, kicking off nine and ten a little bit more around um, percentage plays. And I don't think like, we can't underestimate that time that he spent over there. He could to take a few little gold nuggets that he'd take from there and then implementing it in, um, into games very specifically, if you think about the game on the weekend. Wet, windy, very similar to Northern Hemisphere and conditions. So, you know, having that kind of understanding of, like, oh, I have to have been in very similar positions with a different cattle. And then we talk around with what you said, Chip, being able to understand that what the cattle that you have, and I'm not just not trying to play one certain style that I have at the Chiefs. It might be different. And that it was a winner at Glasgow and now different in the Wallabies. So, yeah, I completely agree on that, Jip, understanding his cattle that he has and then being able to uh, put a game plan that works to his strengths of his team that he's coaching. And the, I mean, we touched on it earlier as well, the level-headed approach that he has. When I think of a lot of the top coaches in recent years, you know, whether it be Hanson or Checker or Eddie Jones, these guys who are almost front and centre, like they're almost bigger than their team. 
in some ways. Dave Rennie's not that guy. He manages to be the go-to guy without being the guy who attracts headlines, without all of those things. And that must be great for a young group of players to kind of maybe have a better feel for what is required from them. You don't, you don't necessarily, when you're rebuilding, want to see some guy who's out there showboating in the press conferences and being the superstar of the side, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, look, he doesn't um, overpromise and underdeliver either. You know, like he just he keeps his cards close to his chest and what he wants to achieve. But like we were saying earlier, when he gets asked a question, he answers it and he moves on. But he answers it in two or three words. He doesn't try to. Yeah, he doesn't try to be the the headline. He just he mm. just goes about his work. He's like a grafter, you know, like a grafting rugby player. You know, they 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 just constantly work and probably don't get the reward. But they're the guy that hits, you know, 40 rucks, 50 rucks a game and, and makes 15 tackles. And, you know, sort of like a Matt Phillip, who I thought was a surprise package yesterday, the amount of carries he had. And, you know, you would have thought it would be going more to the Samos and the, awesome. um, yeah, and, and Tupo and that. But he, 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 I thought he was a surprise package in the amount he carried and the effectiveness of how he carried. But that's the style of player that, Dave Rennie likes because that's it's just that grafter and that's what he's like as well. He just wants to sit in the background, he does his work, and then he lets he lets his work do the talking. Yeah, well, if you think of it in the time of the Chiefs, those kind of um, players, oh, what was his name? Is the captain Clark? Clark. Yeah, Craig Clark. Yeah, Craig Clark. You know, players like that. You know, if we're talking around grafting and guys that don't get the comp, that don't get the rewards or the the headliners for doing you know scoring tries or having extract or anything like that, guys that know what you're going to get, consistent understanding of what the the team needs from you and so mm. i think you know dave rennie always has a great he always has a great feel and selects those players pretty well you know and i think if you think at a we look we talk about checker a guy that's really good on the other on the opposite is eddie jones mm. now eddie jones has got a really good um, ability and i think the positive thing you can if you have a coach like that it takes all the heat off the team so if you've had a bad performance in the game if you've got a coach that wants to take the heat and i think you know eddie jones on the other side is probably a guy that um pushes the boundaries where it's, it's good but then obviously you can have it's bad bad things around it but um yeah i think having a, a demeanor coach like like um like dave you know makes it just easier for for the boys as well are we just are we being because we're talking him up so much are we just being smart um you know setting him up for a fall here because <laughs> i think if he was listening to this he'd be he'd just be like oh my god they're setting me up for failure um but um it just it, he I've probably gone on, on about it too much, but he, he it's exciting for where he can take the Wallabies, I think. Yeah, well, Robbie Deans had that first up win against the All Blacks, didn't he? And then it was all downhill from there. So you, you kind of can't get yeah, too yeah. carried away early on, can you? But, you know, with that in mind, what do we see happening this week? Oh, oh, I see, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the All Blacks will bounce back. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're definitely... We don't lose at Eden Park. No, we don't. And, yeah, we don't lose at Eden Park. And I think whenever an all-black team loses or a draw, you take that draw is probably lost in, inside that group. Um, you know, that prep will be a little bit deeper. And accountability will be that much, um, you know, having those, those tough conversations, not only um, from coaches, but internally from the, from the group as well. So I, can, I, can't, I can't imagine can I just, losing them. Can I credit as well Damian McKenzie's performance? Because it can go unnoted. A late change like that isn't easy to come in and perform. Yep. You know, like all those disruptions don't help. Like you, you can sort of overlook that and, and all those late disruptions and things like that, although they, they won't use it as an excuse. I just think I, I, I have to know, I thought his, you know, there was a few errors, but his performance was, was pretty solid um, for a guy that probably didn't, 
expect to play during the week. How how late was that pullout? Did he get to actually run with the 15 or, you know, he wasn't even in the 23 and then he's gone straight into starting. Things like that you just sort of can overlook. And mm. at test match level, um, I think it showed the quality of, of his preparation um, when, you know, when he didn't think he was going to play to put, to put in a performance like that. Mm. Yeah. It must have been late because Bodie played golf on Thursday. Yeah. So, you know, it must have been fairly late, that call-up. That's what I, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, if, it's, if, if he's only done captain's run, say, or he just wouldn't have got that. And you know what it's like. You need those reps during the week, I reckon, Bryn, to yeah. you know, really nail your performance. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I just thought he had some really nice touches, especially that pass that set up um, Geordie Barrett's try. I mean, that, mm. that he looked in on the outside and then just floated out the back to yeah. Jack Goodhill. It was, he's, he went well, I thought. On that note, uh, George Bridges' pass I thought was underrated. That looked like a difficult uh, pass to me. To set up to, Oh well, to be honest, mate, he never gives that pass anyway. So he's running that many times for the Crusaders. <laughs> just doesn't want to give. He usually just scores. So uh, no, it was it was a hell of a pass and great finish by um by Nuggy. Jeez, Jonah Lomovsk oh, from the little nine v nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you nick wide as well, you just gutted. You see, oh. I talked about, about this on the show as well. Whenever you get a nine, nine or nine, you lose that battle, man. It just, just hurts you that much more. Oh, I reckon it's the, it's the most competitive. Like the personnel, there's no nine that's not like I reckon it's the most competitive spot <laughs> in the t- in rugby teams. You know, like they just will compete in anything. Oh yeah, I'm the hacker. Nuggie's gonna have his eye on the quite in the next hacker. Eh? He's <laughs> gonna be like just staring straight at him the entire time. Yeah, no, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be. Oh, it sets it up so well for this week. I reckon sets it up yeah. sets up well for the rugby mm. championship as well. Yeah, but it's almost it's like it's almost like you know we're advocates for obviously the All Blacks and wanting them to win in that. But if you think about just for the for the rugby of the the Bledisloe to keep you know the to keep it bubbling, I think it's a perfect result and a great start for. Um, oh, yeah, it'll be a perfect first, result as long tests. as as long as we win two of the next three and, and keep it. <laughs> 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 if it goes south, I won't be so happy. Yeah, it is fun having four of these tests in a row, isn't it? Like it feels more like a Lions tour with four tests in a row mm. to be able to kind of get that story going, you know. And and by test four, who knows where we're going to be at? I, th- well, I think the thing around that as well is that you actually can just start previewing. It's a lot easier to preview and review because you know the kind of cattle that you're going to go up against, and then. You know, those certain trends, you're going to be able to get them pretty quickly. You know, if you think about it, you play South Africa or Argentina, you know, you go from week to week prepping different teams. But when you've got, you know, the teams that you can play consistently pretty pretty frequently, it's a lot easier to understand the trends and then being able to try and manipulate and um, execute, execute a little bit better. But on that, though, do you think this week, I don't know, sometimes when you have, you know, a high error count mm. and you, know, you don't get to nail, don't quite nail your, you know, your, your ruck speed and, and things like that, you almost just go, right, we're just going to nail ourselves. We're going to look after ourselves. They'll bring what they'll bring. But if we nail ourselves and we bring the right intent to every part of the game, you know, you, you almost back yourself and you go, we'll get the result. Because sometimes yeah, you can over yeah. overanalyze yeah. a little bit. I think so, exactly. And I think even we know, Jip, as well, you know, that first game, you know, there's a lot of ironing, ironing out and yeah. understanding, you know. So you can do that you can do that much preseason training or training together, but it's not until you're actually out on the pitch and you actually get to be able to be in those scenarios game-wise that you actually, you know, get those learnings. So I can imagine the second game, they'll be, um, they'll be better for it. And well, like we've talked about, we're picking an All Blacks win. So um, I can imagine they'll be, they'll be roaring. But um, look, 
I think if Dave Rennie, uh, there'd be no, yeah, they, they would have been, but they weren't, wouldn't have been favourites on the weekend, and you know they probably won't go again. Seven dollars fifty. Yeah, it's crazy. Head to head, not even a, not even one to twelve. That was head to head. Yeah. Yeah. So a draw would have been twenty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but uh, if if you had if you had big stones, you you could have made a bit of dough. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, you got the Saturday game. You're making it to the test match on the Sunday? Uh, where are we? Where are we playing? You're Wellington, mate. I'm no, we're in Wellington. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You, you coming down, boy? Or are you just yeah, flying down? Oh, you are nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be, a, if we've seen, a, seen the weather conditions, it's not supposed to be too great. So um, it'll be a tough one. But look, no, look, we were, um, we're trying to build. We had a pretty good performance against Hawks Bay. But again, we um, left a few opportunities out there. So. We know that Wellington traditionally are always tough down there, and um, they're very similar. Uh, had a couple of wins, had a couple of losses. So um, get that get that box kick out, boy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. We just have to wait and see. So yeah, it'll be interesting. We've had you know we've got some good kickers in our team with Brendan Shooter at the moment. So they might add a bit of a few box kicks here and there. Who knows? We just have to wait and see. <laughs> this should be a good weekend. Yeah, it'll be a doozy. It'll be a doozy. Yeah, there's some good matchups though in my Cup this week. Mm, Every week, some good ones. Yeah. Every week, it, it yep. just delivers. It's a comp that just delivers. Like that just brings yep. excitement. Um, that that provincial pride is, you mm. know, you can feel it. You know, and, and now everyone's back at level one. There'll be more people through the gate. Yep. But a test match atmosphere to you know end your weekend after watching plenty of Mitre Ten Cup. There's no there's no better way, yep. in, in my opinion. Yep, mm. Auckland Tasman. That's a game. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, the Flatties are actually um, oh. pretty excited for that match, actually. Auckland Mr. Nor- Northland, Hawks Bay. Is yeah, come on, Northland. Easy. Come on, the Tunnies. The Tunnies <laughs> are looking good, man. Tom Robinson, hey. he, if he, when he stays fit, oh, he's so good. He's just a workhorse. <laughs> Top tackler of Modern 10 Cup, Tom Robinson, workhorse leading the charge. So we've got the Cambridge Hoskins, Blues. Hoskins, Akira, Tom Robinson. Oh, yes. oh nice. <laughs> nice. You want anybody uh, else? You want anybody else there, boy? Um, anybody oh, else? Look, look, Tom fits the bill perfectly, guys, because he can play six and lock, you know, so great bench spot. Oh, nice, boy. <laughs> nice. You nice. sound like the kind of guy who puts together the Tasman squad, you know, let's take six international players <laughs> yeah, and play yeah, yeah, all yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm the accountant from Tasman. I'm running <laughs> yeah. the box. <laughs> Absolutely! Oh shit, man! Now, I'm looking forward to Auckland Tasman. That's um, that's an interesting game. Yeah, what's the flatty saying? Are they confident? Yeah, they, well, they've they've you know they've been talking around. They've been scraping through and getting a few victories here and there. You know, they said they haven't been playing that great, but they've been doing enough to to get the wins, which is important. So you'd rather you'd rather um, win ugly than lose pretty. So um, no, they're pretty they're pretty confident. I think you know big big rig. He calls himself Jack Weddon. Calls himself big rig. Self self proclaimed nickname six six two sixty. He calls himself. <laughs> um, but no, nah, they're excited. And I look, I think Tasman bounced back really nicely against Bay of Plenty in, in tough conditions. So look, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game and uh, definitely one to look forward to. Battle of Bridge coming up. How's that going to be in the flat? To be honest, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty quiet. We've already kind of talked around it. We're not going to be talking to each other each week. Not that week. We won't be saying anything. Dinner separately. We usually eat dinner together, but that week it'll be all separate. Me and Murph will be cooking for ourselves, and uh, Big Rig and um, Scotty Scrafton will be um, cooking by themselves, hopefully outside in the rain, actually. So. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 